Winners do what it takes to dominate. Losers lament and whine. Let BJ and Scooney do the homework for you so you can save your excuses for the boss. All the important fantasy football knowledge every week right here on Fantasy Football Winners and Whiners. Hello again, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. One more episode of Winners and Winers, the fantasy football podcast that hopefully earns you a couple bucks, and if not, makes you a little bit smarter around the couch. Uh, this is Scooney, joined as always by the resident expert, BJ Rudell. BJ, how are you? Hey, good Scooney. How are you? How's your Christmas? Oh, man. Or I, Hanukkah. It's still going. Yeah, Hanukkah's still going. Uh, Christmas was good. We do both in the house, which is good and bad. Uh Wait, what uh, could be wrong with more celebration? My daughter's entirely too spoiled, and no. um, uh, she has more gifts now and more presents and toys than she knows what to do with, and we still have a few more days of this. You know what? I've got a little tip for all you listeners out there, and Scooney, if he wants to listen to this. I'm, uh, some, I'm always open for Some advice. old friends of mine, they have the, uh, two uh, young daughters, and, and they, every year, phase out presents. So the parents bring the daughters together and say, all right, let's pick a bunch of gifts, and we're going to donate them, and that way it becomes this cycle. Ah, kind of like the cells dying and being born in our bodies, except through toys. See, my wife, what she did is she took all the old toys and just threw them all in the closet to make room for the new toys. <laughs> so they're sitting, <laughs> and then they'll become outdated over many years, and then no one will want to play with them. <laughs> so now we need to work that on works a second, too. We need to work on a second one so we can start <laughs> reusing them, repurposing them. But uh, no, it's actually uh, we tired her out so much last night. Slept like a champion. Let me sleep like a champion. We've had. Way more food than we could handle. Ate at the oh, neighbor's house. You know, you want to know my daughter's favorite gift so far? Uh, sure. I guess you're gonna tell me anyway. But yeah, go for it. A broom. Really? Yeah. She she likes to uh, to watch dad clean the house because he's OCD, and uh, she's picking really? up on that. Oh, big time. I never, I never knew that. Sitting next to me with a microphone, you don't really get a lot of OCD tendencies. <laughs> so. I look grungy, but I keep a, g- a good, clean house. <laughs> that's great. <laughs> you, was, you roll yourself around the house. That's really <laughs> But we watched a ton of football, ton of football, everything. Oh, that's great. How was your holiday? You know what? We, uh, it was a great family time. It took the kids to a museum this weekend and gave mom some time off. And uh, she made beautiful Christmas dinner for us, which the Ooh. kids had like some bread. And then they got up to go play. And it's... we're looking at each other going, well, I'm enjoying it, honey, so it was worth it. But uh, Bread's all you need. <laughs> I took one to Waffle House yesterday. Bread and waffles, that's all they ate. I ate the eggs, sausage, and bacon. I think in, in the old days they had, used to do just bread and water in jail, and those people lived. So <laughs> that's, a, that's, that's comforting. <laughs> Thank well, you. let's get into some football stuff. Uh, for most people out there, it was championship week, and uh, congrats to all the champions. I think BJ compiled a list of all the champions. I do. I'm not going to read them on the air, but uh, the 48 million of you know who you are. <laughs> well, I uh, lost in my semifinal. Uh, didn't really have much of a chance. My roster kind of flopped. And the was... best kicker was uh, the best player on your team was the kicker. Yeah, Robbie. Yeah, so Robbie if Gould. I can, if I can share that public, I mean, I didn't get as far as Scooney did, so I can. I'm I'm jealous. So I'm, I'm bringing up the fact Ro- that he did get this. Robbie far, Gould but... got me 14 points, yeah. and he was my high water guy. And uh, that's never a good way to win your fantasy uh, uh, playoff. But matchup. in fair and in fairness, you know, this is we get to this point of the season. And I feel like the playoffs is earned, and the championship, and I've been there, I've been a champion many times, the championship takes more luck, mm-hmm. getting to the playoffs takes more skill. You can, you can, and this is no knock I mean, for people who win, I, I admit it, when, I, when players hit the right notes, and the guys I'm playing against, you know, if I'm playing against, uh, you know, uh, someone who gets a two-pointer who should be getting 20, 
hey, man, I just lucked out. You know, if you faced off against Julio Jones and A.J. Green and whoever else, you know, this past week, man, 10 weeks ago that looked like it was going to be a tough matchup. If you got to the finals this week, it was more of a cakewalk. So. I was lucky enough to go up against Le'Veon Bell, who scored twice in four minutes and felt like he <laughs> scored every two minutes after that. And uh, Tyreek Hill, who the Denver Broncos have no answer for, and I don't yeah. think many people in the league have an answer for him. That He's Tyreek the new Hill. Percy Harvin. He's good, man. Yeah, he's a he's an all purpose. The question is, are they going to get him? You know, more touches next year. Well, in the playoffs, a, when he had that punt return this past week, and he kind of got hit on the knee, he was not in the next time. But yeah. in the fourth quarter, they reinserted him in the special teams game, and he can run out of the backfield. He is he's like Ty Montgomery, but better. Yeah, yeah, that's a good, <laughs> always a good comparison. And you have Ty Montgomery, so that's a very uh, very good comparison, especially since he did better. But uh, no, it was a it was a good week for uh, for fantasy sports all around. Congratulations to all the champions and in, in all the leagues. And if you are still going into week seventeen, um, tell your commissioner to change the rules. <laughs> it, it makes for interesting uh, dynamics, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. And yeah, it's and I, I don't want to knock. We got someone here in the studio with me who's who speaks half the time, who does play in week seventeen. So I'm not going to knock it too hard, but. I think that the indicator of great managerial skill, which is one of the things we want to go for in fantasy football, we don't want luck to be too involved with it. We want to be, you know, we want we want it to be earned. Week 17, it's hard to earn it when you could be, you know, flush with Patriots. And, you know, you were smart. You took Tom Brady in the fifth round when people were bailing because he was out the first four games and he's 38, 39 years old. So you get all these guys and you, you assemble them and then you realize, oh, man, week 17 – Half my team's getting benched or playing of the first half, and how do you respond to that? So it's, I think it's a tough way to play. Say it's not a keeper league, and you know this is your final week, and you can clear your bench, and you go out and get a, a, a Matt McGloin <laughs> yeah. and, and say, we're going to start <laughs> so, McGloin this you're week. You're the first person to mention him at in a Denver. fantasy podcast. <laughs> um, yeah, that's, uh, you know... <laughs> I I don't know that I'm banking on Matt McGloin, but I'm no name yeah. out there. Name out but, there. But you know, Tyrod Taylor is definitely yeah. out there, and he's a top twelve quarterback. He's been coming on strong. He's a guy I actually pushed very hard for the past three weeks, ever since Sammy Watkins got healthy. Um, I mean, there's guys out there that you can pick up if you know if you need to, if you need to get one score and you know 180 yards. But it's it's tough. I mean, even Colin Kaepernick against the you know Seattle. Is Seattle. I don't even know their situation. Have they clinched the number two. Or they have not they... clinched the number two. Detroit could <clears throat> still sneak into that number two. Okay. Oh, no, I take that back. With the loss last night, they cannot. Then Seattle. Then Seattle would, would get that, yeah. So the question is, is Detroit Seattle going to, yeah. Them. You know, Colin Kaepernick against Seattle. Who would have thought, you know, 15 weeks ago that that could even be a thing? But if you're playing in week 17, you got no one else to play. Kaepernick could run the ball, get you about, you know, 16 points in that kind of game. I like your Tyrod Taylor against the Jets a lot better. Than, yeah, Jets than are, that. Jets are, uh. I told someone the other day who was a Jets fan. I said, "You're basically you're you're three years away from being competitive," and that's I don't see how the Jets can actually be competitive in the next two seasons. If you're three years away from being competitive, that, that's quite the uh, that's as bad as it gets. Yeah, that's a long term plan. I think only like Theo Epstein can get away with like saying <laughs> that and right. like actually be taken seriously. That's right. Um, uh, if you're listening to this, uh, we do this on Tuesdays, and on Tuesday, BJ also contributes to WLSportsFan.com with uh, his insight, knowledge, and puts pen to paper or fingers to keyboard or however you get the words on there. I uh, dictate it to a secretary. Yeah. Lucky to have a secretary, <laughs> man. <laughs> uh, uh, secretaries, huh? That's what I need, I tell you that. Um, well, 
today, uh, Tuesday on uh, WSportsNet.com, BJ has a column talking about the pretty much the busts that were uh, on your fantasy team. And I'm not going to lie, a couple of these were on my team this year. One <laughs> of them was my uh, keeper from uh, years past. And uh, we do this show in Raleigh, North Carolina, and uh, we get a, a heavy dose of the Carolina Panthers out here. And leading the way among the busts is Cam Newton. And uh, I didn't take pleasure right in him. You know, I'm, <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a recent transplant from Washington, D.C. But, you know, the reality, I mean, I, I don't know anyone who thought Cam Newton would not be the number one fantasy quarterback. I, I didn't know how he couldn't be. Yeah. I mean, even if he did take a step back, he still had a chance to be the number one. I mean, you're That's talking right. about the returning league MVP. That's right. And he took a massive, massive step back. Yeah. What, I mean, could he be great next year? Well, I read a, a column just uh, yesterday, in fact, about uh, now they're critiquing his mechanics mm. and his uh, his mental. And it, it's not about his talent. It's about his mechanics and mental and I'm like well I guess there's some credence to that yeah that sounds like a combination of Blake Bortles and Brock Osweiler which is a a bad combination you've got one guy who's just lost confidence and the other guy who mechanically is unsound and if you put those two together and you're a physical force of nature I guess you get Cam Newton well if you separate them you're you're not doing very well on either one of your teams and if you put them together you're probably still not doing very well on either one of your teams that's right um (laughs) Although on the flip side of that is someone else with some North Carolina ties, uh, Russell Wilson, who uh, in my two-quarterback league I talked about many, many times over the course of this year, I had Newton and Wilson. And Wilson actually, in the second half of the year, looked good. Yeah, that's right. What happened in the first half of the year? He was he was getting over a serious injury. Tyler Lockett had gotten hurt in week two, which, as we know, Tyler Lockett is a key ingredient to this offense. Jimmy Graham was recovering from one of the most devastating injuries, the Victor Cruz injury. Uh, and Jimmy Graham's been a top five tight end in spite of that, but still there were concerns, you know, out of the gate, it was clear he was not 100%. That was the word. So you, and the offensive line wasn't getting it done. So you had a, a quadruple threat, essentially, and all f- three of those four things were going to improve. The offensive line, not necessarily. Wilson was going to get healthy. Lockett was going to get healthy. And Jimmy Graham was going to ease back into football. And I pushed very hard earlier this season. People were giving up on Russell Wilson. People mm-hmm. in my, in my, on my page were dropping Russell Wilson, and I was getting very, very angry at them. Uh, I didn't tell them that, but I was getting very angry because I feel like that's one of those mistakes that's so cl- crystal clear when you know that someone's going to be – when you know that someone's great and you know that they have the tools to be great later in the season, why bail? I'm not going to lie. I had him on my bench two weeks this year mm-hmm. in favor of Tannehill. Yeah, one of the weeks Tannehill outscored him. Nice, and one of the weeks Wilson rebounded and had a nice week. Eh, that happens. So, um, he, but you didn't drop him. I never dropped him though. No, thank goodness. Yeah, that right. that would have been a epic fail. I, I would have my credentials revoked from this podcast <laughs> had I dropped him. Um, can we just talent t- always wins? That's my big thing. If you have a talented player, talent almost always prevails in the end. The the cream rises to the top. That's right. Yeah, absolutely. The 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 cheese goes on top of the tacos. Um, <laughs> yeah. good callback. We're, we're gonna, yeah, we'll talk about that uh, next week. Yeah. Um, if you, if you remember listening at this at the beginning, tacos has been a theme throughout the year, and uh, many bets of tacos. Not my theme, by the way. My theme. <laughs> it's been all scoony. Hey, you, you, I've smiled and nodded. You want to know a true story? <laughs> so uh, we're watching the uh, Cowboys Lions last night, and uh, um, uh, Chopped comes on the Food Network. Oh, sure. And it was an episode of a, a taco cook-off where they oh. did. 
appetizer, entree, and dessert tacos, and uh, pulled me away from the football game. <laughs> I was very intrigued by the taco cook-off. Does it, it, does it have anything to do with your with your desire to clean? You're, you love cleaning your house, and taco is one of those messy foods. Does it, is it satisfying to take something so messy and devour it and clean it up? We're really getting deep into my psyche right yeah. now. It, it might be. You know, I'd have to sit down and really dive into that one. Okay, that'll be hour number two. <laughs> Speaking of diving into mental, Ryan Fitzpatrick, I, I don't know what happened to him this year. This year. Was he a top 10, top 12 guy last year? And, and yeah, you know, you, you talk about a guy who starts the year with the same exact players except an upgrade of, from Chris Ivory to Matt Forte. And you think, what could go wrong? And, and a bad defense where you think, and people talk about this. I talk about it sometimes. Oh, he's going to have to throw the ball, so you've yep. got to give him – Give him some credit there. Well, if he's not throwing the ball well, it doesn't matter how many times he throws it. I agree 100%. I always look towards teams that are bad and think their quarterback has upside. It's not always true. I mean, you look at Cleveland, that's definitely not the case. Yeah, but- Cam Newton, Carolina. I mean, the Carolina's defense took a big step back this year, mm-hmm. and, you've, and it didn't have any impact. Yeah. So it's, you know, it, we learn, folks. We learn from all this. Fantasy football is not something, it, it's not written in a book somewhere, the rules and how to win. Well, it's there kind of in books. a book. Uh, yeah, I, I know someone who wrote a book about it. <laughs> but let's just say, hypothetically, we're not pushing books here. And instead, just you go say, to Amazon.com you can uh, get uh, fantasy football for winners. 26 five star ratings. There's, 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 there's no, no one has the answer, but, but we can increase the probability of success. And, and, we learn from this just because you have a team with a terrible, you know, defense that's going to have to throw the ball doesn't mean the quarterback's going to be even decent. Now, did your probability at the beginning of the season see uh, Tarboro, North Carolina native Todd Gurley just absolutely fall over the line of scrimmage? Not at all. Uh, <laughs> and I, I'll give it, tell you a quick story. I, t- I talked to a guy from here when I moved here. And he asked me, he heard that I was into fantasy football. He said, who's the number one guy? Who's the number one running back this year? And I said, David Johnson. This was back in, in uh, April. Good call. And he said, and he's a native here. He said, no, it's going to be Todd Gurley. And we talked about it a little bit. And I said, I said, David Johnson's more talented. The question is, will Chris Johnson be heavily involved? And I said, I'm banking on David Johnson being more heavily involved. So we had this side bet. And then when it comes down to my draft, I had the fourth pick, three receivers off the board. And I'm sitting there thinking, do I follow what I said or do I go with the guy who has the highest floor, presumably, because he's the clear-cut 25-touch-a-game guy? Rule number one, trust yourself. That's right. And I did not trust myself. And, you know, Todd Gurley, and, and I write about it in the, in the piece today on WRL.com, you know, this is a guy who missed like 35% of his uh, games the final two seasons in college. And then it's tough to come into the league as a rookie and get 250-plus touches when you haven't played very much for three years. I mean, he had not played close to a full college season since his freshman year. Injuries have plagued him. Yeah. And and that's rule number three, I believe, is be aware of people with injuries. That's right, be aware (laughs) of people with injuries. And and, and be aware of, of, you know, you look at DeMarco Murray's a great example of a guy who last year it was very obvious, and you can go to my blog and check it out, it was very obvious in the preseason after 400 touches that he was going to take a hit. He wasn't going to be the same running back. This year, he's been back to his normal self because he had that year off, essentially. He was able to rest up. He was able to heal the injuries. He wasn't worn down by all the usage. And Todd Gurley, I think, is one of those guys who next year should be at least at this floor, if not higher, with better quarterback play, a better offensive line, and most importantly for him, 
another offseason where he can rest up and and try to figure out how to be a great NFL player. And they're going to have a new head coach there. And That's they're right. They're going to have a new, presumably a new system to go That's with right. that. And uh, if they can feature some of their talents, I wouldn't sell out on Benny Cunningham, although his year's been great. Tavon Austin has always been good. Yeah. I mean, Tavon Austin, I, I feel like the right offense for him, and he could be. If he were on the Patriots, can you imagine? Oh, that would that would what be he would do? what he needs. That would be. Very I'm sure, nice. Belichick's been eyeing him for three years. Um, <laughs> but but one thing about Gurley too is that he caught a lot more balls this year than he did last year. True, true. If he can be a guy who catches five, six balls a game, which he absolutely can be, he's become a much better pass catcher. He worked on that in the off season, and if he can lift up his yards per carry from three point two to three point eight, you're looking at a top ten fantasy running back. You so know, it's, it, that's how close he is to at least being a consistent starter. Just tripping over the line of scrimmage and falling down, you get three yards of carry. That's right. So, so um, when you learn that in Pee Wee League. I'm not quite that tall, but uh, I, for me, my size, I'd average 2.8. But <laughs> um, anyway. Uh, You've got Doug, long arms. So. <laughs> Doug Martin was a complete failure this year. <laughs> <laughs> that should be the quote on the podcast. <laughs> Listen to Scooby and DJ talk about Doug Martin and, being and a complete Doug, failure. Doug, if you're listening to this, he might I'm, be a I'm great sorry. guy. He's I know, a great guy, man. I'm sure you're a great human. Everyone out there, you know, we do this show and we we rank people based on statistics and numbers, and, right. and really they're all just people. That's how they're all just people in the end. But yes, I agree with you. His fantasy uh, production was he was a complete failure. Uh, uh, and here's a guy who, for two years out of his five years career, he's had massive workloads. Yeah, and in each year after that. This year and 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 two thousand whatever twelve, injury riddled, <clears throat> not the same player. There's something to that. So again, we learn from it. This kind of thing happens. If you're getting three hundred, three hundred and fifty touches, don't be surprised if the guy that you that same guy you draft next year is kind of a bust. I, I would agree with that hundred percent. And you look at some of the guys this year who have just massive, massive amounts of carries. Yeah. Um look at Ezekiel Elliott, 322 carries this year, leads the way in the NFL. So he looks invincible, right? Everyone, And I was wrong on Ezekiel Elliott. I thought he would have trouble adjusting to the NFL. I didn't believe the hype. And I thought Darren McFadden and, and Alfred Morris would be a little more involved than they were. And then some of the other guys, Lamar Miller, who had 270-some-odd touches, he's now out and hurt. Melvin Gordon was over 250 before he got hurt. Um Ajay has had a huge workload for what we expected from him. Uh, Frank Gore and uh, Gore. Garrett Blunt both have a ton of carries and some old legs. Yeah, Frank Frank Gore is one of those interesting uh, uh, cases because he's a guy who I've been predicting his demise for several years and wrong every single time. The interesting, I mean, the way he could go over a thousand yards this year. He can, yeah, he he should. He's, as long he's, as he's, he's thirty six yards away from a thousand. That's 1, right. That's right. But Gore, the interesting thing about Gore. He's only rushed for over 282 yards once in his 12-year career, and that was back in 2006. He has been utilized very effectively year after year. He's never been over, you know, this year for his age, he's definitely been worked hard. But this is a guy who his touches have been very carefully measured. And he's not a guy who, oh, look at this great running back we have. We're going to run him into the ground. And you can see how that has impacted longevity. If Frank Gore were, uh, you know, played on Philly or played on Tennessee, you know, uh, where he, you know, he was another DeMarco Murray, I don't think he would have lasted this long. I don't know many people who would agree. So, you know, look at Adrian Peterson. Yeah. Last year, ton of carries. I warned about that this preseason. You can't get a guy who's 30 years old getting that much mileage with that kind of history and not expect some kind of drop-off. 
looking forward to next year, uh, some guys with under 200 touches this year that have a lot of upside. You look at the Terrence West, if he can get a little more involved. Yeah. Isaiah Crowell, if he can get a little more involved. Yeah. Um, the, Bronco, the Broncos have to start doing something with their running game. Devontae Booker is under 200 touches. Yeah. Um, Christine Michael, maybe if he can get moving a little bit. Yeah, it'd be interesting to see what happens with Green Bay, whether or not, you know, do they go with a three-headed monster, Ty Montgomery, Eddie Lacy, Christine Michael, do they let Eddie Lacy walk? Does Christine yeah. Michael, I mean, he was great earlier this season. Yeah. Is he a one-trick pony, or does he find a system where he can actually be a 20-touch guy and go back to being the way he was the first half of the season with Seattle? And uh, uh, Jordan Howard in uh, Chicago, just over 200 touches, but he's a he's an interesting yeah. uh, look ahead to next year as well. I love what? Jarek McKinnon, by the way, real quick. Oh, there you go, yeah. Uh, uh, Adrian Peterson, I mean, if, if you know, mm. who knows what his situation is going to be, but Jarek McKinnon, I, I talked, I tweeted on this a week ago, and I was very down on Adrian Peterson heading into week 15. Everyone on my blog knows that, did not trust him. Jarek McKinnon has run for more yards per carry each of his three seasons than Adrian Peterson has during those three seasons. And Apple, now you know that one. Apples, Who would guessed that? Apples to apples comparison. Granted, Adrian Peterson is running the ball a lot more, but look at the disadvantage. Adrian Peterson is almost useless in the passing game. And as he gets increasingly old, he's going to be used less and less in those situations. And, and, he, and he hasn't been much already. So Jarek McKinnon is a guy who is, a, is an all-purpose running back who has run better than Adrian Peterson on a per-touch basis. And that means something when you start to look to the future. Minnesota is a broken-down team right now. They, have, they don't have a good quarterback. They don't have a good offensive line. They have some nice receiving, but it's almost worthless if, if you don't have the first two taken care of. They have a great running back if they can just give McKinnon 250 It's touches. like the Vikings go into a game without a game plan. Yeah. I've watched a few of their games this year, and I, I have no idea what's coming at any point. Well, the word is that they've, you know, the coach has lost their their trust and and respect. You know, the Zimmer is is no longer being considered. That Xavier Rhodes was supposed to uh, latch on to Jordy Nelson, and instead, the word is that uh, Terrence Newman went on him instead. That the defense decided that, and Newman got burned for two scores, and then Rhodes locked down Nelson later. You know, it was yeah. You can't you can't be at an NFL level and and think as a player that you can coach better than your head coach or else really you should find another team unless opinion. your name's LeBron James unless you're, that's right in which case you are the head coach and uh, it's kind of like when the in uh, in Russia when the, what's his face took over Medvedev over Putin for uh, for four years we're, as president we're going straight history here. I'd love I'd love to you know <laughs> I, I love to uh, you know go, go geopolitical here but you know it's uh, we all knew that Putin was still pulling the strings but Medvedev was the president for four yeah. years and you know that's the case with LeBron James and uh, see in my free time I, I watch the cooking channel and taco shows you watch the history <laughs> channel and Russian takeovers <laughs> and this is why and you're then sp- we call and talk about it every night <laughs> we share stories <laughs> um uh, uh, watched a bit of the Redskins game uh, this past <laughs> week. Robert Kelly, I'm also very high on him. Latavius sure. Murray, very high on him for next year. Both of those guys are under 200 rushes as well. So yeah. a lot of good running back options with under 200 carries this year, I think. Uh, we'll talk more about next year next week. but That's right. But uh, let's talk about one. Next week it'll be next year. So it, it would Next be... week it will, in fact, be next yeah, year. How about that? Yeah. Uh, let's talk about a, a receiving disappointment that oh. uh, I, I was – I didn't see coming really. I thought uh, – Blake Bortles was going to have a better year, yeah. and I thought because of that, Allen Robinson was going to have a good year. That didn't happen. Yeah, uh, Lee really took over in that offense. That's right, Marquise Lee, the you know the rookie three years ago who who was has not been ready for prime time because of injuries. Uh, it's not because of lack of talent. 
And, uh, you know, Alan Hearns, yeah, you look at it. Blake Bortles should have had a better year. Julius Thomas was supposed to be healthy. Julius Thomas played pretty well when he was healthy. Oh, yeah. It's just he can't stay healthy. He had about six weeks of, of good health. That's right. And you figure a better running game, better uh, pass uh, ca- uh, pass catching, uh, you know, with Chris Ivory and, and Yeldon. E- everything was there for Blake Bortles to take the next step. And clearly there is something seriously wrong. Uh, but Allen Robinson should not have self-destructed, and some of it was mental. Some of it was he just, you know, Allen Hearns at times was playing better than Robinson. Marquise Lee at times was playing better than Robinson, and that shouldn't have happened uh, heading into the season. Is DeAndre Hopkins going to have to find a new home if he's going to he succeed will. in this league? He will. Houston Houston is a is a team in disarray unless they can add Tony Romo or Jay Cutler in the offseason, in my opinion. I think, I think Romo and Cutler give them a chance at – making a run in the playoffs. And not not because I'm super high on Jay Cutler, not because I believe Tony Romo is going to stay healthy, but they need a quarterback that can throw it downfield with accuracy. I, I think um, Cutler's obviously not a uh, answer in Denver. He's been there. That didn't work. But I, I wouldn't be surprised if uh, Romo's not targeted by Denver as well. Yeah, I think you're right. Um, and um, if that opens the door for Cutler to go to Houston, I think that could really help Houston a lot, out a lot. I think uh, Bill O'Brien could do some some good work with him. Yeah. So we'll see if, if any of those happen. We're just purely guessing on that. But Hopkins, just to be clear, I know we're getting running short on time, but Hopkins was predictable. Everyone needs to realize when you go from Brian Hoyer, who is a serviceable quarterback, to Brock Osweiler, who this preseason, preseason it was very clear. Again, I want to make it very clear. I got a lot of stuff wrong this year. Osweiler was going to be a bust, and I could see it in June. Uh, when you get a guy who can't throw the ball, your 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 star receiver is not going to be able to catch the ball. But he's six foot eight, and he's sitting on a stack of money that's taller than he is. So <laughs> so he's got that There's going that. for him. Uh, <laughs> Randall Cobb, I I drafted him earlier this year. I thought he was going to do some stuff, and uh, he really became like the eighth wheel in that offense. Yeah, that's a good uh, way to say it. Uh, Devonta Adams had a huge year. Ty Montgomery emerged at four different positions. That's right. Um, <laughs> I, I think that that Packers offense doesn't really have a spot for Cobb right now. That, I, I agree with you. Look, Cobb had one great year, and people have been drafting him the past two, three seasons based on that one great year. I think I got him third round this year. Wow. And he didn't stay on my team long. Yeah, that's and that's tough. I mean, that's for, you can recover from that, but it's tough. Cobb posted WR6, WR7 numbers aside from three-week stretch right after Green Bay's bye, and you can't, at a certain point, you got to cut bait on that. Uh, did you hit or miss on Gary Barnage? Uh, I thought he would be good, but I did not think he would be great. And the reason was, and I wrote about it this preseason, without a good quarterback, you cannot expect better numbers out of Barnage than what he did last year, and you would start to see some regression as defenses matched up. You said a quarterback. I think Cleveland has like seven quarterbacks. That's true, at quarterbacks. Uh, yeah, if you don't have a good quarterbacks. <laughs> <laughs> Josh McCown, and the, uh, you know, one thing I talked about starting in July Josh McCown is the best. I, I said this back then. Josh McCown is the best quarterback in Cleveland. If they were smart, it would start in the whole season. Forget RG3. He didn't earn it in the preseason. Forget Kessler. He's not ready. And just let McCown field a competitive team. Everyone played better, including Terrell Pryor, who was a top 10 receiver, fantasy receiver, when and, he had the right people in place. And, and if you listened in about week 11 or 12, I told you to start. Terrell Pryor, he went off for, what, two, three touchdowns that week? There you go. <laughs> I saw that one coming. There you go. I told you to start him over Des Bryant. He, in fact, outscored Des Bryant. That, you don't get that kind of stuff anywhere else. You certainly don't get it in books on Amazon.com. 
<laughs> I don't sell my book on Amazon, by the way. <laughs> um, speaking of the tight ends, I, I hit on, Cal- on uh, I'm sorry, Cameron Bright. Um, oh, man, big that, money on that. That, that was a good one. Um, the, the tight end situation wasn't overwhelmingly disappointing or surprising. I think Barnage was the biggest downer, and Bright might have been the biggest upper of the year. So Yeah. Aside um, from injuries, we all know guys like Gronk and Jordan Reed. You know, you can't, Gronk was predictable in some ways because Gronk has had an injury history, but the other yeah. guy, you know, Jordan Reed also injury history. But you expect those guys to produce, and they, you know, they they did while they were healthy, but they left way too soon from the season. And now I, I want to touch on something real quick. We have about two minutes left in the show before we'll get you guys off to work um, and or whatever you may be or doing today, work. <laughs> uh, leaving yeah. work or driving home or manipulating traffic. So a lot of you guys uh, and girls and and everybody out there who listens to this podcast, I'm sure, has come across the ESPN Fantasy platform. It's very, very popular. And I was on there checking my team the other day uh, before my semifinal matchup and noticed that their Bachelor has a fantasy league out there. What the heck is the Bachelor Fantasy League? And who (laughs) are they marketing towards? What is that? What is the Bachelor Fantasy League? Out of curiosity, I clicked it. And you can and you can pick the women that cash, uh, yeah. Bachelor Nick is going to select week after week and win actual prizes. Wow! I have never watched this show. I I may start just to uh, add to my fantasy cachet. <laughs> <laughs> that I, is. Uh, are you interested? Are you interested at all? We'll, we'll start what, a I'm, league. I'm more interested in the History Channel, I think, than uh, than the Bachelor. That's, That's so I should stick with tacos. So, and ABC owns ESPN, right? Uh, that, it's uh, all the Walt Disney Company. The yeah. Walt, yeah, Walt Disney Company. So that that had to be some kind of agreement. Where uh, what else? Uh, you know, could you could you have a a case where it's like a Mickey Mouse league, and you know, pick your I don't know. You you could get all these crossover types of things on the ESPN platform involving the parent company. If we had a Mickey Mouse league, my daughter would go Minnie Mouse. Pick one round one. <laughs> she she holds her mini mouses. She's a she's a keeper. I tell you what, we may be onto something here. If anyone wants to join a Mickey Mouse league, we may start one up. I don't know more than four <laughs> characters, and that's just because I've been reading it to my four year old <laughs> past week. Well, if you have a week seventeen championship matchup coming up, best of luck to you. If you uh, finish your season in week sixteen, thanks for sticking with us, and go ahead and tune into us one more time next week because we're going to preview the. Uh, 2017 season. Um, and other than that, I mean, thanks for sticking with us all year long, BJ. Appreciate it very much. Your loyalty is, uh, we know who you are, so thank you. All right. Uh, be sure to catch us on iTunes, Google Play, WRSportsFan.com, wherever you find us. If you are in a spot where you're not finding us in the normal spot, you can find us elsewhere. Thanks again, and uh, have a good day. You've been listening to the Winners and Winers Football Podcast with BJ and Scooney. Remember that you can download or subscribe to our podcast in the iTunes and Google Play stores. 